Okay, so I had to tell Fire. I had to tell you to shut up so I could hit start on this thing, okay? Cause you were about to get into it and it's like, hold on, I need to hit start. <laughs> you anxious windbag. So as always, you got to deal with uh, neurotic moron Jordan. Present and accounted for. Yes, I know. You're always here. And you got me. The one who suffers through doing this because I guess I'm a masochist and I enjoy myself going through pain. Oh, way away. Bennett. Somebody called the ambulance going to find a way to hurt you in more ways than one. <laughs> and, uh, as you can tell, we changed the name and hopefully you can see the new art that we got made up for it. This what? Is... We changed the name? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I told you this. I stayed, I, I stayed <laughs> up so late one night and put myself through hell the next day at work in order to try and find a name. This is now, where's my controller? Where's my joystick? No, oh, no. Controller. No, <laughs> not going there. Not, not. <laughs> you keep that put up. That's what she said. I mean, yes. I hate you so much. I would hope so. <sighs> And I swear, maybe last episode I already did say what we changed the name to. I can't remember off the top of my head. Because it's been can't a while. either. Everything runs together after a while. It does. <laughs> especially on a Monday. Uh, is it? Oh, it is Monday, isn't it? Yeah. So today, That's why. Yeah, that's why you're being an insufferable prick. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Got the Monday-itis going on. <laughs> Yeah, the only cure for that is my foot in your ass. Well, since that ain't gonna happen, I guess we'll just have both have to deal with it. Uh, how about my metaphorical <laughs> foot in your very physical ass? Nah, I ain't into that, Bennett. Uh-huh. So, today, we're gonna actually go over our thoughts on, like, music and atmosphere both being necessary in gaming. Uh, and, and it's selling point, you know? Because if you have a... I mean, I've, I've experienced this with a couple of games myself, and you can have, like, such really great gameplay, and the music just doesn't sell it. It's almost like they were phoning it in the entire time. And yeah. then you can have something that has, like, a really great compositional score, or, you know, has, like, the, the atmosphere of it is just so there mm -hmm. but the gameplay is such a letdown so you right before we got right before i hit start, <clears throat> you were talking about uh was it final fantasy yeah i i would say the final fantasy and kingdom hearts games um both are done by nobuo umatsu i i mean i have no idea i'm probably butchering his name hold but, on let me look uh, it up and i'll Keep going, though. But he, in my opinion, is probably the top composer for video game music. Um, if you're going to talk about, like, feels. Uh, 
I I just I've always liked his stuff. Why is that? Um, just anytime you hear one of the songs, it's always perfect for what's going on in the game. Like it just it always hits perfectly. I it it's hard to explain. And I I could just that could just be me. Maybe, maybe his style of composing just you know hits right for me and nobody else. But I I feel like he's one of the best ones out there. Pretty close between him and Marty O'Donnell, but that's that's about it. No, and I think he said his name right, Nubu Nobuo Umatsu. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you said that right. I I have no I I probably butchered it. So if if you guys actually know how to pronounce his name, please don't eat me alive. Well, I mean, I have the power of the computer right in front of me, you idiot. Does it tell you how to say it? Yes, I'm typing in how to pronounce his name. Oh, okay. That works. Uh, yeah, I, I get the same feeling, too, when it comes to, like, like, Halo had the first musical score that I ever purchased, you know? Because mm -hmm. it was just so... It just had. Oh God, I don't even know how to. It it fit the game so perfectly. Yes, it's it's not coming up with how to pronounce his name at all. But I'm 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 thinking that's how you say it, or else. Yeah, we're both Americans who can't say his name right, and we're bad people for it. Um. No, like the way. The way Martin O'Donnell was able to get like a sense of purpose and adventure all in the same track. Yeah, he he makes very good adventure music. Like he 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 is so good. I mean his his use of just he 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 goes down that classic orchestral setting yes and then he'll pipe in, in with some, some fucking heavy stuff. metal shit in there <laughs> yeah, you know no. and no, you're just that's like that's probably why i like both nobuo matsu and martin o'donnell because they both do that they have the classical orchestra but they're not afraid to throw in some modern you know yeah some electric guitar and some drums yeah. and you know pair like electric guitar and violin or electric guitar and piano and it just it hits just Dude, right uh, uh, what is it Mjolnir mix Mjolnir remix or whatever it is I forgot the name of the mm -hmm. track from Halo 2 where yeah. they take the original soundtrack and they redo it and it has the, the electric guitar it has the, the deeper tougher meaning and it sounds more like action than it did before. Mm -hmm. And that is like the pivotal song that people recognize as Halo. And Very much so. I mean, it's... For my dad, that's my ringtone. <laughs> for On his phone, that's my ringtone for him. Uh, whenever I call. He's like, oh, yep, he's calling. <laughs> and then... Uh, I mean, we can't also... The boss music. The boss.
Bosnia. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I would not say that about me at all. <laughs> I'm I'm more of like that villager who got his ass kicked, and you're trying to do something to help him, but then you realize it's a pointless quest, and you move on with your life. Um, Go collect these five flowers, and then when you get back, take this note to my lover all the way across the world. And I'll give, I'll give you, you one copper. piece of gold. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, what am I? Some kind of poor note delivery person? Yeah. Oh, and, then, and they're just like, and they're just like, I don't want to deal with this quest anymore. <laughs> exactly. Be like, my time uh, spent is not worth your your two coppers, sir. God, I have to go across all of. I have to go all the way across the map. But that's seriously. Yeah. That's even by in the zone that I'm not time, at the right level for. By the time I get there, I'm not gonna remember what you wanted me to do. Yeah, it, actually, it'd be Ooh. that quest that you forget is in your quest pipeline. Oh, yeah. And you show up and you see a marker, and it's like go over you talk to the person and all of a sudden quest complete and you're like wait what <laughs> yeah you're like max level and it gives you two copper and five experience and yeah, you're like, and you're like oh. what why did i just get that <laughs> why did i waste my time just talking about this shit <laughs> yeah uh, but like and then there's also another composer that we can't forget because he even though the games he does are repetitive in nature and very much out every year. Don't really have to say much beyond that. Uh, he also has like a great uh, career in movies as well, and that's Hans Zimmer. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. He, I like his stuff too. He He's has good. written. I want to say every Modern Warfare score, as far as I know. Hold on, I will pull that up. But he has done multiple action movies, multiple military movies, multiple uh, military-based games, and his style you can pick up on real quick because he loves the use of like uh, short, quick, heavy, heavy-hitting beats. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had forgotten that he did game stuff too i i knew him more for like his mo movie scores but yeah, uh, he's he's good he's done scores from the lion king to the dark yeah he did do the dark knight yeah i, I didn't realize he was in those he did black hawk down i knew he did black hawk down uh like he has so many movie-based scores that when people hear that he did scores for games, they're like, what? Yeah, I, I forgot he did game stuff, too. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Hans Zimmer Games. That should pop up something. Uh, video game credits. Here we go. He did Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, Skylanders Trap Team, Beyond Two Souls. Okay, that makes sense. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. Uh, The Simpsons game. Crisis Two, Man of Steel. Okay. So. I haven't played any of the Crisis games. I played the first one wasn't bad it was it was 
it was very high speed. Like you turn down the sensitivity and it's still really fast. And it's, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, you know, end of the world amazing either. Yeah. Uh, but it also wasn't just, eh, it's good. It was, it was better than good, but not as good as, you know, like, oh, this is the only thing you ever play ever. Gotcha. Um, I feel like that's fair and 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 that rating of it. Uh, but no, like, like Hans, uh, Hans Zimmer. I would here's here's a here's a score, uh, compilation. I would love to have. Uh, a combination of Hans Zimmer and Martin O'Donnell and see what they could create, you know? Granted, I think that's also like asking for uh, Morgan Freeman and James Earl Jones to be in the same movie. That, that would be cool. Oh, that would be. That'd be, t- that'd be too much deep man voice, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about too much. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> what was it? Me and my older sister were talking about like our all star cast for a movie. And we were like, uh Oh, what was it? It was like all these names and my sister's and my brother in law walks into that conversation and he's like, Well, if that movie was ever exist, the entire population of man would turn gay. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of any movie that would ever do that for me, but to each their own, I well, suppose. No, it was it was like Idris Elba, <laughs> Tom Holland, um, Michael Fassbender, uh, Liam Neeson, uh, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman. Um, All right, maybe Daniel Craig. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Sean Bean. It was like all these names of people who have really great voices but also are really good actors. And it was just like, yeah, that would definitely turn the entire male population gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) But it was funny, though. Um, But, like, for me, I have always been a uh, audio... I don't want to say aficionado because that would mean I know a lot of stuff, but I've always been someone who goes for audio more than visuals at times. Yeah, because I'll be watching, you know, an animation of some type, whether it be anime or American, or even like professional movie animation, and I'll be watching it, and it's just like you'll hear, or even a live action of some sort of movie, TV show, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, their audio choices for sound effects or even music is just like, oh, yeah, that's good. Or how'd they get that? What'd they do for this? And, like, I have, like, a couple of sound effects that are, like, my favorite, and I don't know why. One of them is, uh, like, that multi-unlock system. Anytime there's a giant bolt door... And it's like that real uh, sharp, you know. I can't, gotcha. I can't imitate it because it's too inorganic. The and, no, 
No, it's it's it kind of sounds like a bolt racking a little bit at the, at it when it happens. I don't know. Okay, I think I know which one you're talking about. <clears throat> I don't know why that's why I like that sound effect. I just do for some reason. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, but like music-wise, I've 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 dealt with games and movies both that have had a soundtrack that is just god awful, and I'm just like, why did you do this? Like, <laughs> yeah, like. But then, you know, there's the ones that are really bad games, but they have really great music, such as Anthem, you know? Mm-hmm. Anthem, not a bad game, just nothing to do, and you lose the point of why you're playing it, you know? Because its mechanics yeah, were it, there, it just lacked everything. Yeah, the, the mechanics were great, the, the gameplay felt amazing, the graphics were great, in my opinion. They were amazing. It just... It it was an empty world with no end game. It had so, no soul to its purpose. Yeah, but it, it was like a nicely polished polished shell of a crab, and then when you got in there for the meat, there was nothing. It was a hollow turd. <laughs> yeah, ah, no. no. But no, the, the it was a hollow. It was a beautiful hollow crab. That's that's actually a really adequate uh, descriptor of it. Uh, but it's it's musical score was so good because it it gave you more of that you know sense of adventure type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I remember playing the beta and the music started and I was like oh I'm in. <laughs> First song came on I was like I'm in on this one holy god this is good. Yeah I I wasn't a huge fan of the. Uh the music when you were in the town but out in the wild and the, yeah like the it's battle action, music it's, it's battle music and and, yeah. and like when you're just wandering stuff yeah it was good mm -hmm. the town music those were good the town the the colony music i don't want to call it a town i think it was more of a colony yeah that was a little too repetitive <sighs> yeah a little bit i i think for me it it wasn't my favorite, and it seemed repetitive because you spent a lot of your time in in the colony. So yeah. I, I don't know. It, it wasn't my jam. But out in the wild and the battle music, I loved the battle music. Yeah. That was that was great. And and another of uh, Bioware's greats being the whole the original Mass Effect trilogy that mm -hmm. that had such a solid soundtrack for all of it. I hate that I don't remember the composer for that. Hold on. <laughs> I remember the director, Ooh, Jack Wall. Excuse Walt. me. Jack Wall is the composer of Mass Effect. Oh, and he also did a Call of Duty. Huh. Huh. And his was very like he took the he did Black Ops Four. Okay. Uh, like for Mass Effect, he took kind of like a combination of techno and orchestral, in my mind, mm -hmm. and it overlapped so well that I didn't feel like it was unwarranted, you know? Yeah. 
and the Citadel song. I don't know that. Uh, I mean, it was a good one, but it wasn't my favorite. I actually have a favorite of uh, from the Mass Effect trilogy from him, and it was uh, a Virgil. <clears throat> what was the name of it? Yes, the that beach. was that was the track name, Virgil. Um, it was, oh, Normandy, Eden. The Normandy was a good one, but that was made by Sam Hulick, who did a amazing job on his stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, <clears throat> it's like, I have the song in my head, don't want to play it because of reasons. But if you were to look up the, uh, if you were to look up Mass Effect original soundtrack being the first game, and you looked for, um, uh, I don't remember what track number it was, but it does say Virgil. That one is the one that they play a lot throughout the series, and it is always at a moment of like. Uh, sincere stuff. You know? Yeah, no, I gotcha. I can't play that. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm, I'm sending you a couple of some of my favorite pieces. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and... Uh, it's... This, I mean, describe the song. I mean, it's, it's hard. I don't know, it just... I guess it just gives you, like, this sense of, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe music whenever it's more of a, a feeling than... Um, it's an emotional connection rather than a physical one. Yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, exactly. Like, I can name several tracks from Halo that well i can't name several like because i don't remember a lot of their names um but i can point out several tracks from halo that had that same emotional connection to them like mm -hmm. i can i can actually listen to the entire halo 3 uh album and replay the cutscenes in my head while doing it yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the most memorable parts to me was whenever you just get onto, you know, the Halo ring and you're discovering, um, you go through the tunnels and you get to the other side and you see actually how big the Halo world is, uh, yeah. Like, most shooters back then didn't have huge, wide-open spaces, but you're in the Warthog, and you're driving over the hills, and you're like, this place is huge. I feel like I could spend all day exploring this place, you know? And you, you get that feat. Like, the music hits just right, and you're driving around, and you're like, man, this, this is awesome. Yeah, and, <clears throat> like... If I'm right, I would say that track would be Halo, you know? Yeah, I, I think it is. I believe I that track is called cool. Halo. Because you yeah. have opening suite, which I believe came Mjolnir Mix. 
Um, Michael Savatori also worked on it. Uh, and then you have Truth and Reconciliation, Brother in Arms, Enough Dead Heroes, which all of these are also the titles of the missions. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are, yep. Um, some of them aren't missions. Some of them are moments that occurred. Uh, such as Lament of Private Jenkins, and that's when Jenkins is taken over by the Flood. Mm-hmm. Devils and Monsters. Devils, Monsters, that is when the Flood start to attack you. Uh, Rocky Anthem for Saving the World. <laughs> that is just so... <clears throat> that is so plain, but yet so, so much expression in that, you know? Mm-hmm. The Maw, which is the mission, which is when you're driving the yep. Warthog down, for some reason, hills inside of a starship uh, <laughs> to get to the the uh, Longsword in order to take off. and But all of these, the original soundtrack became like the precipice of what would then become known throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the franchise. And that was also the only of the original three, that was the only game that had a single disc. Because Halo 2 had a two-disc set. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we had Volume 1 and then Volume 2. Volume 1 was a collaboration of sorts that featured not just O'Donnell and Salvatore, but also bands, such as Breaking Benjamin, Incubus, and Hoobastank. Hmm. Oh, and Nile Rodgers. And it, for one, this got me to become a Breaking Benjamin fan from the Volume 1 soundtrack with Blow Me Away which is actually in the game. They took out the vocals, but they left the actual audio in it. And it's at it's whenever you're on High Charity before the Flood Invade. This is whenever you're trying to escape. No, you're trying to chase down Truth. And it's that final room where all the hunters are at. It's like four hunters, I want to say. And you are fighting them and that's when blow me away starts picking up because it's uh starts playing and it's because it's the only rock song really that's played throughout and i mean legitimate rock song that's played throughout the game <laughs> everything else is like yes there's electric guitar there's all this great stuff don't get me wrong that ex- that's in there but it's mm-hmm. the only legitimate rock song. But then you have Incubus, who did See, four I didn't, I didn't songs. realize Blow Me Away was in it. Yeah. That's cool. They took out the vocals, yeah. like I said. See, I, I liked them before, you know, I even played the Halo games. Yeah. And then and then there's four Incubus tracks as well on the first uh, volume. And all of them are uh, subsequent follows of it. The first one is called Follow, which is the first movement of the Odyssey. Then you have the second movement, the third movement, and the fourth movement. And they progressively become more jazzier, in my opinion, over the course of listening to them. Uh, but you also have an Amber Clad, The Last Spartan, 
mm-hmm. uh, Flawed Legacy, Heretic Hero. Again, some of these are title uh, titles of missions. Um, Remembrance, which is a good one. And then Connected, which is from Hoobastank, which for some reason I didn't understand why that was in there. Maybe they were just pandering. But then, I don't know. yeah. But then you also have Volume Two, which actually has the um, this is actually the audio from this is actually music from the game that wasn't the uh, grand old stuff, you know. The stuff, you know, the outside help. Mm-hmm. This is stuff that was from the prologue all the way to the epilogue. And some of this had, like, some of the best, just, like, um, orchestral moments, in my opinion. I can't name them because they only show up as one title, and then they cut off the rest of it. And so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to figure out which one is which at times, and they're only like they're they're also like snippets. There, it's like this whole one track is seven and a half minutes long. But yeah. Part one is something else. Part two is something else, and then part three is something else. And it and you would have to yeah. It just time it just goes on. with yeah. It just goes over the whole thing in yeah. one go. Yeah. And. But, Halo Two had really good music too. And then you can get into, you know, the coup de gras being Halo 3. Halo 3, two, two albums again. Martin O'Donnell being the main guy again. And mm. this time, what I remember watching a video about it. And they said developing the music of this one was a combination of combining both Halo 1 and Halo 2. And that doesn't surprise me. Because uh, On a Pale Horse was in both of them. Oh, yeah, it was. Well, well, not in both of them. It was in the first game. But then mm-hmm. you would have stuff like... Uh, parts I, of On a Pale Horse. Yeah, but then you have parts of other stuff from Halo 2 showing up in this one. And uh, there's one... Where was it? Where was it? Farthest Outpost. Um, from the Ark mission, and this was the beginning of like doing that full drop onto the Ark. Like they just went through the portal, and uh, the Sangali elite commander is being told that they have that they're outnumbered, and he's like, "Oh, fair fight," <laughs> and uh, Chief and everyone else is getting into Pelicans. And they're dropping out of in uh uh forward unto dawn, and this is like mm-hmm. when they're really hitting hard on like uh not electric bass but some like I want to say cellos probably. I'm not really sure. It might have been cellos, and it's like do do do. It starts with that. I don't want to butcher it by imitating it. <laughs> Yeah, I I wouldn't know. I I was never a band kid, so neither am I. But I know I, I just know that I like the music. <laughs> I know the song though. That's the thing. I know the song, and it just 
like that was my favorite invasion scene in a game, you know? Mm-hmm. Because they start uh, on on their ship, and then they drop, and they're e- and then they're dropping immediately down onto the surface of whatever it is below them. Mm-hmm. And you see them fighting through all this shit, losing a couple of them on the way, and then they land, and it's just, oh, such a good scene. Yep. Granted. Not as good as whenever he jumps out of uh, the uh, not the Malta, uh, not the Cairo. Shit, what platform was he on in that? I thought it was the Malta. No, the Malta was the first one to blow. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I can't remember. God. But I, I, I know what you're talking about because whenever when he, he does that, he and you're like, like oh, give him back man. the covenant. He's like giving the covenant back their bomb, and then it's like, what yep. the fuck is he doing? And then he shoots his ass out an airlock with the covenant bomb and drops it on a supercarrier, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, I want to be him. <laughs> yep. Badass. Exactly. Perfect words for it. That and... that's. That that was the moment every kid felt like a badass. I know, and because you're watching, you're just like, <gasps> yep. you're like, ah. <laughs> and then he, and then they're like, oh, he landed on top of it. Holy hell! <laughs> yep. And then the and then the line for a brick, <laughs> for a brick, good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for a brick, he flew pretty good. Oh, um, Halo yeah. Two. Sergeant Johnson had some of like the best lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear alien bastards, <laughs> we regret coming. To- <laughs> we regret coming. To- <laughs> no, wait a, minute, wait a minute. No, I ruined it. I ruined it. Damn it, dear humanity. We regret being alien bastards. We regret coming to Earth, and we certainly regret the core just blew up our raggedy ass fleet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hoorah. <laughs> oh man! Can't can't have Halo without Sergeant Johnson. I know that's honestly that's kind of what ruined four. You know, you didn't have Johnson. He was. I don't know if it ruined four, but it definitely in, in a personality sense. In a personality sense, it ruined four. Yeah, there was nobody that replaced Johnson as no. being the no. the badass human with the, the one who the was able quips. to the, even in the war the one who was able to stay up with Spartans but wasn't a Spartan you know yeah yeah but you felt like he was just as cool as the Spartans even though he was just a marine but he was wasn't like, just a yeah. Marine, though. Johnson is awesome. <laughs> he wasn't just a Marine. He was a Project Orion candidate, and the project failed, and he has attributes of a Spartan. He just doesn't have a lot of them. He's yeah. intelligent as fuck. He is drop-rated. He is capable of withstanding a lot of things, and then also he has a defect about him that actually saved his life. Yeah, some was it some kind of anemia? anemia. Yeah, which yeah. 
if you're into the lore. Flood, yeah, the Flood didn't want to take over his body because it was, in their opinion, sick. So. Well, not even just that. It, the fact <clears throat> that he has sickle cell anemia saved him because his cells were irregularly shaped and the Flood had a hard time um, melding with them. Mm-hmm. And so he was saved by the fact he has a condition such as that. And it's in the books they described it. He got it from an over overexposure of radiation because he found a crate of Covenant plasma grenades, and he used them, and they released so much uh, radiation that he ended up getting a mutation from it, and that's what caused him to get it. Huh. To where I've actually looked up uh, causes of it, and it's just a genetic defect that occurs every now and then, and it only yeah. happens in people of. Uh, non-Caucasian backgrounds. What are you trying to say, Bennett? No, I mean, si no, scientifically <laughs> it, it's shown up like I know, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm well, just and I'm, kidding. I'm, that's why I'm also trying to word it right, because I don't want that misconjecture to be brought in, because it's, I'm not doing that, I'm not trying to do that. I, I had to do a research project about it in high school, and it was like, choose a disease, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll choose this, because this sounds interesting. And mm -hmm. When I looked, when I researched it and everything, it was like, oh, this affects anyone who has any type of skin pigmentation. Yeah. And it's it's rare, um, but it's not so rare that it's on. It, it's it's uncommon. It's rare enough that it's uh, not common, but it's also not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And it. <laughs> I mean, reading about it, it was like, oh, wow, this this sounds like a disease that can be lived with. It sounds like it sucks, though, but it sounds like you could live with this and have a relatively normal life. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, went from talking about game music to Sergeant Johnson to biology. <laughs> what a wonderful program we bring you. Uh, no, like you never know what you're gonna get with us. <laughs> Quick, give me the phys uh, the theoretical reasoning of why humanity has never ended up going into complete ca catastrophic calamity. I would never be able to give you that because I think the majority of humans are stupid. But that's that's just me. I was honestly not prepared for you to give me an answer. As I was just like, I was expecting you to just be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would honestly have zero idea. I feel like that should have happened a long time ago, but you know what? I mean, I believe that would be called a world war, wouldn't it? Uh, well, I mean, we we came back, so... Yeah. I don't know, but, like... And then, like, bad, bad music I've heard in games. I think I blocked them from my memory. Yeah, most most of the time the music just doesn't stand out enough for me to, like, yeah, care about me. it. So that's, that's why I don't ever, like... For the most part, I don't pay attention, but I, I would say... So, so you admit the, that you don't pay attention? Well, for the, that's why I said for the most part. 
<laughs> like, whenever I was younger, I'd say the first game that ever... Where the music actually felt like it fit in the game would have been Halo. And then... Um, after that, I think, you know, the Final Fantasy games hit really hard, and then the uh, the Kingdom Hearts games. So those are probably the three titles that I've, you know, paid the most attention to uh, the music. You pay more <clears throat> attention to anime music than you do game music. I know that. Well, they're, I mean, not, not really, but uh-huh. the... Uh, uh-huh, Crossing Fields. Well, yeah, but that's that's because that's super good. <laughs> Courage, man. Courage. <clears throat> what? Courage. From season two, opening two. Oh, uh, I I liked the first season better. Uh, the opening I mean, music, the Crossing Fields. Crossing Fields was better than uh, the one whenever they go into ALO, though. Yeah, I, I like it better than both, though. Although, the intro to Season 2, the first one, whenever he's in GGO, that one, that one was pretty good. It was decent. It's decent. Again, Ignite. No, that was Ignite. <clears throat> Damn it, why can't I remember the other one? Oh, well. The, the, game, the, the, the one that was in the game, uh, where you play in GGO, that one had a good intro. Like, something I noticed, like, with Star Wars games, they don't really have to stretch their imagination all that much, because all they have to do is just take music from the movies and they're done. Yeah, or variations of music from the movies. It it just sounds really similar. There is actually one I will send you to listen to, because you can get away with it. Um, It was from uh, Fallen Order. I haven't played that one yet. I know. That's why I'm going to send this to you. Uh, It was made to feel like uh, it belonged in the the Jedi game. And uh, it it was very reminiscent to... it It had like a futuristic modern feel, you know? Actually, why would I say futuristic? I would say alienistic, modern society type thing. Hmm. Interesting. Uh... There it is. So, the... I don't know, like, you, like, start, like, uh, Squadrons when I was playing that. All Mm -hmm. of that. The entire soundtrack, I was like, oh, this is just generic Star Wars, you know? But you get that in almost any Star Wars game, and except for Fallen Order, this was the only time that I felt like there was music that wasn't generic Star Wars. Yeah. Uh...
Oh god, I'm trying to think. Oh, I don't know. Have we beat a dead horse with music enough? <laughs> no, Elder Scrolls. Sounds good. Elder Scrolls. It sounds almost like something you would have heard in the, uh, like a, a background to one of the more seedy, dark cantina type things. And maybe like the Mandalorian or something. Now, okay, you want to talk about Mandalorian music? Holy shit. Yeah, they, they did good on the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Pause that. Do not want that to start going over audio, because that would be bad. Here's the scene. I'm sending you the scene that it played in. And so you'll you'll get the understanding of the of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it... Oh, that's... That's cool. Yeah. And it fits. But you want to talk about good atmospheric music? And, I mean, like, what we've been talking about have been a lot of games that are based on story, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, just atmospheric. I mean, uh, Fallout and Elder Scrolls have really good atmospheric music. Yeah, they do. Based on the location of where you're at, based on what city you are in that said location, uh whether or not you're in one of the dungeons that's around there, or if you're up on top of a damn mountain talking to a dragon. Yeah, well, I mean, not even just that, but, like, even even the the opening, the, the, the main menu. The main music. menu music? Oh, my God. Yeah. That one, for Elder Scroll, <clears throat> for, for, for Skyrim, that one has become, like, the pinnacle of menu music. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, like, who did that? I want to know who did that music. Let's see. Skyrim composed. Yeah. Hold on. Spell composer. Uh, Who composed Dovahkiin? Dovahkiin. Dovahkiin. All I can ever hear is Dovahkiin, and then everything else just turns into. <laughs> 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 uh, you know.
what's funny is uh, our, our buddy. Yeah, I think you know which one I'm Jeremy talking Soul. about. He uh, he can actually sing pretty much the whole thing. Dude, it's all in Nordic. I know. Holy God, he can sing that. Yeah. By the way, we've said because his name I, on I here was... before. Yeah, that's true, but I didn't want, you know, everybody to know exactly who it was. Again, we anyway, just said his first I, name. I, I was humming it one day, and he just started singing it, and I oh sat there God. like, what the what? heck? The, okay, so, oh, wait a minute. <clears throat> Wrong, Harry. Okay, so I was going to say, the guy who wrote the musical score to Jeremy Elder Scrolls Soleil. did Harry Potter, but then I... Uh, moused over it, and it was the games, not the uh, uh, <laughs> movies. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I played the Sorcerer's Stone game. That was, no, when I didn't play the Sorcerer's Stone, I played Chamber of Secrets. That's what I played. Not that fun. I'll tell you that right now. The Harry Potter games were like, as a kid, you're like, oh, this is fun. Then you grow up and you realize that sucked. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't understand. He knows at least the first verse of it, for sure. I'm guessing he looked up the lyrics and started singing. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it's crazy. You'd have to hear him sing it one time. It's I don't want to hear him sing it. Uh, it it was quite shocking. <laughs> it's like, you, you know what they're saying? Ugh. <laughs> uh. uh. I gotta look up the lyrics to it now. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Here it is. Uh, Dan Bull. What the fuck? Oh, uh, was he the vocalist? Uh, no, that. Does not look like the song lyrics to that one. Ah, here it is. Oh, God, this, I can't pronounce any of these words. Dovakin, Dovakin, Nal Och, Vizin, Los Varin, Wadain Vokul, Mafarehak, Ast, Val, Arkfin, Nork, Pogran, Fad, Nustan, Zindrov, Zan, Dovakin, Vahan, Fahin, Kogan, Mudra. What in the flying hell? Did I even just say, other than Dragon Kin? I'm sure you could look it up. Probably. <laughs> no, yeah, that's 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 all in uh, Dova. That, that, that's how you <laughs> pronounce the Dova words. So. Oh, God. Someone 
made a somewhat layout for Dova. Oh, for a keyboard. I don't know. Like, Skyrim had some of the best atmospheric music. I will say that. Like, uh, when you go into a tavern, it had very good tavern music. Whenever you were out in the wild, it had very tranquil music, you know? Mm-hmm. And Until you got into a fight, the fight music was good, too. The fight music was like, oh, God, I'm going to die. Yeah, I always loved whenever you're walking around and suddenly the fight music starts and you don't see and you're, and you're sitting there, you're, you're, you're like, searching what? around, you're like, where, who, what, what? why? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'm about to die, but I don't know what's coming. <laughs> it's it's also like a horror game where you'll be walking and then all of a sudden it just starts getting really creepy tones and you're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I've Especially like the caves and the mines. Yeah. And... And then you're just you're you're having that realization of like what the fuck is happening, and you just you don't know what you're what you're doing, mm-hmm. and then sometimes it'll just like kick in with the action music, then all of a sudden it goes away, and you're just like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> I missed a fight somewhere. <laughs> no, it's like you're literally just walking, and all of a sudden it goes like, and you're and you're like what, and you keep moving, and then it just stops, and you're like. What did I miss? <laughs> yep. And then, I mean, then you also have games where the lack of music is so important. Like, filling the space with music is one thing, but knowing when to have a void of sound other than just, like, your character movement. <laughs> hmm I'd say, uh scary games do that the best games do where where, yeah where the lack of sound makes it even more intense because all you hear is like the drip of water in the background and the echo of your footsteps and you're like i want to hear something else but i know as soon as i hear something else i'm gonna get scared (laughs) yeah and like you uh i played um layers of fear yeah that was a pretty good one that one has a lack of music not because of composer reasons but because it's a scary ass game i'm a wimp when it comes to horror games i don't like horror in general (laughs) okay i'm making that perfectly clear right now the best horror games are in VR. <laughs> oh god, I've seen some VR horror games, and it's funny when, especially when one rips off the headset, doesn't real, and and it's just like I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've done that where it scared me so much, I like threw the headset and was like, oh, oh gosh, that, <laughs> and then that was bad. And then real horror is kicking in. You're like, oh, I just broke that. <laughs> <sighs> no, luckily I didn't, but. Yeah, no, I've I've jumped out of my seat and like thrown the 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 headpiece, been like, wow, that was an intense reaction. I've I've seen <laughs> I one where I forget the name. I think it's Amy wants to play or something like that. Uh, sounds creepy enough. And it's this weird, creepy girl, and it's all about surviving a certain amount of time with her. Like she'll giggle, and then you have to find her and stare at her till she goes away and then there's one where um i'm guessing if you don't find her and stare at her she kills you yes 
and it ah, progressively nice. gets worse because it gets to the point to where you have one where you have to find the little girl and also serve and also not move at all because there's one that will kill you if you move at all hmm. but you don't have to look at them you just don't move that's that seems pretty intense. And then I think there's also another one where you have to get out of that room in a certain amount of time. And there's been a situation where they've had all three and you can't move and you have to keep staring at that little girl until the end, until the one who can't move is gone. But you may get killed yeah. by the one that you have to escape. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's pretty crazy. And it's like, fuck this. I'm not playing that shit. <laughs> but it's uh, lack the, the but... VR one that I was talking about was like as long as you it you have to go around and you collect 10 candles you're in a house and whenever you collect the 10 candles you get to leave and you can't look at the clown because if you look at the clown he kills you yeah. but he constantly does stuff to where it sounds like he's in one place but he's not there he'll be in the opposite direction so you'll look the opposite direction and see him and it like does a jump scare it, it's yeah yeah nope. it's it's crazy i did play i didn't play the sequel to layers of fear but i did play the developer's next game after that which was called observer mm -hmm. which is a cyberpunk horror uh investigation game and i actually got to talk to the developers about it and everything and sounds cool it, it was actually really awesome uh polish uh developer um hate that i don't remember the name of it but uh i'll look it up but it was very much like uh Uh, publisher Aspire, developer Blooper Team. Hmm. I like Aspire stuff. Yeah, and I mean this thing is one game that is a psychological fuckfest. Because <laughs> interesting, what the whole thing is is that you're a detective who is able to tap into a psych, uh, not a cycle, uh, but a uh, uh, cybernetic implant that allows you to pick up on. Uh, uh, crime scene de details mm -hmm. and um, and there's also like this virus that like eats away your cybernetic implants and stuff it's kind of like if Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell were ever crossed in a bad way hmm. and uh so you have to try to determine what's actually you using the cybernetic implant versus what the virus could be doing to you potentially. Well, I I haven't I haven't finished it. I've gotten to a point where there's cybernetic Cthulhu and I just quit, because um, <laughs> it was upsetting me. And uh, that's funny. Is is that fair? Uh, it's no. The thing is, is that while you're playing it. There is this drug that your character can take that minimalizes the effects 
of the uh, implant. Mm-hmm. And I was when I was talking to the developer, he said you can take this and you will feel no effects from the implant at all throughout your throughout your gameplay. But you lose on story paths. Or, uh. or you lose out on story <coughs> itself. But you're not suffering from any ill effects from it. Or you don't take it at all and you don't know what the fuck is real or what the fuck is fake. Hmm. And then you start suffering from it. And he said the key to it is learning how to balance the effect. You have to learn how to balance it out in order to get the full story and also the full psychological breakdown of it. And That's a pretty cool take on a game. Yeah. And, I mean, you're also being a... Uh, you're also investigating a crime and everything mm-hmm. in, a, in this apartment building that's locked down. So it all takes place in the same building? Yeah. That's cool. single environment but it's definitely a uh, not grandiose environment mm-hmm. but there's also characters that you're coming across it's just like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> and... no that's that's pretty that's pretty cool i like you know games that take a good idea that would you know it, it would even be a good idea for a movie or a show you know, this would like one... fo- following the, uh, a like... detective who has these special abilities because of a specific or special cybernetic implant, but there's a downside that most people don't know of, and all this stuff. Right, that that'd be interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, here's this. Here, let me read the synopsis of it for you. Uh, God damn it! Just let me in, you asshole. No, thanks. Not you. Okay, so synopsis about this game. Uh, what do you do if your fears were hacked? Observer is a cyberpunk horror game from Blooper Team, the creators of Layers of Fear. Discover a dark cyberpunk world best beset, beset, <laughs> beset by plagues, war, and squalor. Play as the new front line of neural police as you hack into the jagged minds of the insane observe and report you can you are dan lazars lazarski it's polish i can't say names right i i can say hikakawa no problem but i can't say lazarski <laughs> lazarski uh an elite neural detective known as the observer known as an observer and part of a corporate funded police unit which per which who's <laughs> <laughs> police unit whose purpose is to hack and invade Get on suspects. With it, it? I'm trying! And <laughs> hack and invade suspect minds. In this future, anything you think, feel, or remember can be used against you in a court of law. Hmm. A dark dystopia. The year is 2084. If you somehow survive the nanophage, odds are you were killed in the war. Those who live have turned to drugs, VR, neural implants, anything to distract themselves from the new reality, but they can't hide from you. Interactive insanity as you hack into the unstable minds of criminals and victims to look for clues, you will relive their darkest fears, forcing you to question your own reality and your sanity. 
a new horror for the creators of Layers of Fear, the largest and most frightening world yet from Blooper Team. Lose yourself and your sanity in the dark dystopia that is 2084. Observer is a horror experience uh, meant for mature audiences. What you see will disturb you. And, I mean, some of it is actually kind of disturbing. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool getting to see, you know, the crimes through the eyes of the you know, criminally insane. Like that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I like cool viewpoints like that in games. It's clever. I mean, like it. Uh, it's showing part of the Cthulhu scene right now. Uh, but like it gets so mentally jacked up, man. Like, there's a scene with. While you're not, there's a mission while you're walking through this forest or something, and it's just you're you're trying to find what happened to a little girl, but you're also trying to find all this other stuff, and mm -hmm. you end up having to make this decision of do I let this person who's hi who's plugged into this computer and has basically deteriorated so much from her life live or do I kill her? You know, huh. and. It it has those moments of like, what are you gonna do about this? And it is this is one of those that I feel like I'm I'm always about games being turned into series, but this is one game I think would make a better movie. Yeah. Granted, it yeah. could be a, it could be a one season series if done right. Yeah. No, that it's a cool enough premise. I could see it. Yeah. And it's all about trying to maintain your sanity, too, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And the actor that they got to play the main character, his voice is so damn good. I hate that I don't remember his name. Surprising, usually you remember everybody's name. Well, no, he has a Polish name. I don't remember complex <laughs> names. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself for that. Uh, <laughs> main voice actor, here we go. Rutger Hauer. I think that's how you say it. H-A-U-E-R. Huh. Rutger Hauer. I want to say that's how it is, yeah. He, he just has such a good voice in this game. It Oh, no wonder he's so familiar. Did you ever see Blade Runner? I've not watched it, no. Okay, well, in Blade Runner, he's the main bad guy. Hmm. It... I feel like... The, the movies are based off of the books, right? Uh, the Blade Runner movies? Yes. Well, Blade Runner is based off of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I guess I've not heard of that. Well, it's uh, <coughs> cyberpunk dystopian future society. Mm-hmm. Um, when the book was written by the author, it was called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep because the premise is that the Blade Runner is someone who goes down and hunts uh, 
basically androids who discover free will or murder people or don't do their job or stuff like that, as far as I understand it. I'm most definitely wrong in some regard. Please don't hate me. Huh. Um, but... Uh, but they changed it because... Um, Blade Runner just sounded better and isn't a fucking mouthful. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Because it goes around the character of uh, Harrison Ford, who is the Blade Runner. I guess I uh, need to watch them. I I've heard they're good, but I haven't I haven't seen them yet. The first one is good. It is long. You gotta be prepared for it. And then the second one was also good. Uh, it's just they went down a different premise with that one, but it was still worth it, in my opinion. Um, gotcha. Yeah, Rutger Hauer. I can't believe that's. I can't believe I didn't realize that was him. <clears throat> he was Earl in Batman Begins. He was the board director who was being a complete dick to Morgan Freeman. Like in real life or in the in, movie? In the movie, in the movie. He was yeah, Mr. Yeah. Earl, who was all about... He's like, didn't you get the memo? <clears throat> Not ringing a bell. Ah, fuck it, I'll send, I'll find a photo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. But like I said, he's being a complete dick to Morgan Freeman. Can't believe anybody'd be a dick to Morgan Freeman. No, I just I want to copy and paste this. Fine, I'll do this. God, computers being so mean. Someone's being an asshole with a car. Somebody outside your place. Yeah. It's always a bummer. Yeah. Whatever. But no, I agree with them choosing him to play the main character in that game, though. He's yeah. A good fit. But no, I sent you a picture. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know that dude. Yeah. I feel like I've seen him in some other stuff, too, other than, you know, just Batman Begins. Well, I have his list in front of me. Hold on. He was in Buffy, apparently. <laughs> I've never watched Buffy. Okay, hold on. Let me scroll back all the way up to the top of his most recent stuff before he passed away. Um... What, he died? Yeah, That's he bummer. died in 19. He died last year. That's crazy. 
Break, Iron Mask, Porters, Kingdom Hearts 3 video game. He was Master Z, uh, Zarnapt? Zarnort? Zarnort? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah, he's he's got an awesome voice. The Iron Mask was good, good movie, too. Although I've seen the old one. I don't think I've seen the new one. I've never seen, you know, <clears throat> Gangster Dam... Uh, that sounds like something from Amsterdam. Uh, Gallivant TV series. <laughs> Gallivant, what? He was Kingsley uh, in Gallivant. Oh, no way, dude. That's hilarious. Gallivant was funny. Uh, I, ha I hate musicals, but Gallivant was like I comedy. I could not get into that one at all. I liked the first season. The second season wasn't doing it for me, but... Yeah. The first season absolutely killed me. <clears throat> uh, I mean, Salem's Lot. Yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Uh, Dracula 3D. The Tenth Kingdom. He was in the Tenth hmm. Kingdom? Who was he in the Tenth Kingdom? The Huntsman. That's... Oh, he was! I knew I recognized his face from somewhere. Man, that, that's such a bummer. Holy crap, I haven't seen that movie. In, not movie, but I haven't seen that series in forever. Yeah, that's... So... He was in a lot. Yeah, he had a pretty good career, to be honest. Yeah, it's a bummer that he passed. That sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, like... That... that... <sighs> That was one of those games where the voice of the character plays so much more than the music does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, you also got, like, games that don't have any music at all. And I don't mean, like, horror games where it's, like, very little. I mean, like, none at all. I feel like most games nowadays have at, at least some. They have a title song, but outside of that, nothing. Yeah. Um, like, and most of those games, though, are like those ones where it's like constantly online, so there's no music for that reason. And it just increases the uh, tension, you know? Because if you're in a open area where people are constantly trying to kill you, and you have no music, you don't, you don't have that little safety net that's trying to protect you. Yeah. Like PUBG, it has a title song, but you can mute that easily, and there's no music at all. True. I I never thought about it in that, but yeah, yeah. But that's also one of those games where you're like. Where you're like, okay, I'm turning my headphones way the fuck up, and someone shoots you. Like, I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But because you're sitting there, you're like, you're like, I'm waiting to hear footsteps in the grass. What was that? <laughs> and you're just like, shit. Oh my god. Oh. Okay, so. We got 15 minutes till we really need to end, but 
what would you say would be your goal for next month, game-wise? My goal for next month? Yeah. So, so define goal. What? Like, my personal goal or what I'm looking forward to or what? What is your end-all, be-all thing that you're wanting to play and is going to basically consume your life all next month? That's tough to say. It it really depends on how good the games are, but I, I would say the two that I'm most looking forward to playing would be the new Destiny expansion, Beyond Light, and um, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, same. I, I'd say those two... It really depends on how good each of them are, is which one I'll devote the most time to. See, I know for us, since we own... Since we're both on PC a lot, but also we're on console, I know that we're going to be playing Destiny on PC. Um, what are you going to play Cyberpunk on? <sighs> I don't know. Pro probably PC. I mean, that's what it was. Uh, that's what I was gonna do because I was like, if I could do this on PC, I would be happier with it. Because I mean, unless I'm getting a Series X, I want something with the best graphical c capabilities. You know. Yeah, I'm not as worried about graphics. I more care about like frames per second and field of view and stuff. So, like, PC right now, playing Destiny, I can't... I've tried going back to playing Destiny on console, and I just can't do it. The uh, It's so the, sluggish the, now. Yeah, it feels really sluggish. The, the field of view seems small, so I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of the game. It, it doesn't You're feel so buttery restricted. smooth. And yeah, it's... It's just so... I don't know. It just feels so off now. I, I can't imagine going back to it. So, um... It, it might depend. I may try the Series X and see how that goes. Well, that one's supposed and... to be like a low-priced, high-grade PC or something like that. Yeah, and if if it seems like everything runs really well on that, Maybe I'll use that, but we'll see. Uh, it's probably going to be more... I, I'll probably start off on PC, at least. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm i going to get a Series X, because I need. I want to try out the new one, you know? Yeah. I, I know I Destiny know for... 2 said that on Series X it'll run... Like, you can run it at 8K or 4K, um, and with 4K it should be 120 um, frames, frames per second. second. Yeah. Well, that so, console—that's that's a console that can do it though. Yeah, the other consoles will be like the Series S will be like 1080p at 120. Yeah, but that's so, still pretty good though. No, that's still super good. Like, I I think the One X should be able to run it at 1080. You know, uh, 60. But well, the One X is a 4K game console though yeah but you don't have to run it in 4k you know if you hook it up to a 1080 uh, tv 
then you sh- I feel like it should be able to run it at 60 frames per second. Yeah, good point. Uh, for <coughs> me, next month is going to be taken over by, again, D2 and Cyberpunk. But I have a fear that everything that we want to do in D2 is going to be trampled by us playing Cyberpunk. See, I'm, I'm not so sure. Like, I, I don't know what to expect from Cyberpunk, so that's kind of the wild card for me. Like, I, can see that, I know, yeah. I, I know what I want from D2, and we could probably make a whole episode off of <laughs> just that. We'll but... do that Wednesday. <laughs> uh... <laughs> sounds, sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Cyberpunk's more of the. <laughs> yeah, the the wild horse, in my opinion, the wild card. I'm not the wild. I horse? I don't. Yeah, the what you know what I'm trying to say. You meant wild card that you corrected yourself with, correct? Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Um, no, I I I'm just not quite sure what that one's going to bring. You know, based on like multiplayer and end game capabilities and. Stuff like that. Like, I'm sure the story's going to be great. You know, CD Project Project Red always does awesome stories. So, it, it, it all depends on the end game and multiplayer capabilities for me. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's a huge component to it. I mean, like, for me, like, I have my expectations kind of set with D2 as well. Yeah, because I mean it's D two, you, you know what you know what it is basically. Um, mm-hmm. To where with Cyberpunk, my expectations are very much like how adventurous is this gonna be? And see, I feel that way about D two. Like I I I want it to feel like how Halo or Destiny one felt for me, where it was you never know what's going to happen next and you don't know where the secrets are at you don't know what secrets you're going to find you know like that to me it was that sense of adventure that destiny one captured better than any game i've played so far yeah. <clears throat> well indeed too is so much i mean just destiny franchise in general is so much lore yeah, there's tons of lore, but I with D2 everything has felt so scripted. Like even the secrets didn't really feel like secrets. Yeah. Um like you know how whenever we played Destiny 1 together and the first raid hadn't come out yet, we knew nothing about what it was going to be like, all this stuff. All we knew was that we had to grind our butts off to try and get more powerful and on Venus outside of the vault of glass we knew that area had the strongest guys in the game and we had no idea why so we were you know always speculating like what's behind that big door how do we get that door open so we yeah. explored venus and, and we all also had the time a, and then if i remember correctly <clears throat> we did have a shared theory that this is probably the entrance to the raid yeah, we, we 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 speculated, speculated that before we figured out. Yes, that is the entrance to the raid. Yeah, but I like re- just stuff like that where it gets your brain juices flowing, and you're like, "Oh man, I I know this has to be something, but I don't know what it is yet." Well, don't forget they had to dumb <clears> down <throat> D two for the more casual consumer, and 
yeah, and that was a mistake. Ever since they've left, they've been slowly fixing that problem. Yeah, that's that's another thing that I I'm tempering my expectations because I know they can't just completely redo D2, you know, on a whim. Oh yeah. So I'm having to temper my expectations on how much customization we're going to get. Like I know they're adding uh, mods to ghosts. I know that we're getting new subclasses, and the subclasses are going to be more like the D1 subclasses, where you can pick and choose your perks and stuff. And I know they're redoing the um, armor 2.0 mod systems. So there's a lot of stuff that they're changing, and I know it's getting closer to how I want it, but I don't know how much further that's going to get over the next couple of years. So I'm having to temper my expectations because if, if I just automatically, if I could pick and choose how I wanted it, it would be completely different games. So, <laughs> so no, that's, no, no, that's no, no, just I, me. I get that. I still get that. And like, I, I'm there with you, you know, like the, the, the sense of mystery that was in yeah. D1 was way more prevalent, but but also we oh, could yeah. look at like, it this way. It was every also... map had hidden stuff that you're like, oh, this has to go, this has to be a secret somewhere, you know. And then it turns out to be jack shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the time, it turned out to be nothing or something that they used in later expansions. But it yeah. it was like, um... oh, this has to be something. So you try multiple things, and that just that sense of mystery and wonder is huge in a game even if it turns out to be nothing i like thinking that i've found something cool you know but like, don't forget they that was also the beginning of a brand new ip as well yeah and so they were really trying to sell that sense of wonder and just unknowing and yeah. it's, it's sold you know it's really sold and then d2 was this is a this is already a well-known ip we're trying to get this thing moved forward even more. We've adjusted stuff. We've made it a bit uh, dumbed down. And it kind of lost a lot of what you talked about. But yeah, with the fact... I, I think but people with knew that, what to expect more. But with that, though, it's still very much that... What's it like? I, I've gone to places, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I've played the mm -hmm. game since it was released. And I'm like, I've never been in here before. You know? Yeah. And... And then it's like, oh, by the way, that's going to be gone next month. And you're like, god damn it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been waiting on about yeah. this for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just not too long ago, I was playing in the Dreaming City, and I found something I hadn't found before. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be something that they're going to use you know, in, in the next expansion. And yeah. then I, I find out it was nothing. It was just some random thing that i had never seen before and i, I was mean, like you want to talk about oh, dreaming you want to talk about dreaming city bullshit i mean like the the uh the towers <laughs> that's since taken you know uh-huh and they go brown yeah. whenever they're near and you're like you're like what's this do are is this going to be used to utilize in some fashion it's like no it just sits there and just makes that sound anytime a taken comes near it, and it's like well what the fuck yeah yeah, no, and I, then you you I also come it. across all those dens of the Awoken, and it's just like, can I use you as a vendor source? Possibly, no, they're just standing there. 
Yep. Oh, well, fuck you. Yeah. Dreaming City is a huge place with tons of secrets, too. So it's like, yeah. that, I'd say that was probably the first place in D2 where I had that sense of, oh, it's I true. wonder what's going to be here, you know? Yeah. And I, I haven't had that again since the Dreaming you know, City, the, the launch. So. The, the Dreaming City and, um, oh, God, uh, I just forgot the name. <clears throat> Shattered Shore. No. Um. Oh, fuck. The, the, I I know what you're talking about. Something Shore. I know that. Frank. Uh, frag. 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 Not. I'm gonna have a stroke just trying to think this. You were in the game just a little bit ago. Uh, fractured Shore. No. <laughs> Tangled Shore. Tangled Shore. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My brain hurts. I was giving you a second. My brain hurts so much. Uh, that's funny. But then look at like the fact that they brought the moon back, and we dis and we searched the shit out of that place in D one. Yeah, I was gonna say D in D one. I feel like the moon was one of the places I spent a ton of time. Venus, I spent a ton of time. Mars, I didn't spend nearly as much time as the other ones, but... The Clovis Bray facility on Mars in D1 was very good. It was good. I I will say I miss all of D1's locations because they all seemed like they had hidden things that could be found or added to them. Yeah. But... um. I, I think if I had to pick the two that I spent the most time in trying to find out all of the secrets would have been Venus and the moon. Yeah. And in D2, I, I just don't like the moon location nearly as much. It even doesn't though it's the same location. <laughs> yeah, even With though it's the same location and they've changed a, you know some minor stuff and then added the the one area, the uh, Alters of Sorrow area. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't feel as creepy and mysterious to me. And it could just be because they've changed the music up and it doesn't feel as desolate. Yeah. Like it, it seems like there's a lot more enemies and stuff going on there, so it doesn't feel as creepy. Yeah, and like... And we could really get into a conversation about this on Wednesday when it's about. Oh yeah, time. I was gonna say there's there's um, so so much stuff to talk about for we've, me. We've had this we've had this happen where we've gone to the point of like, okay, looking at the time, and you've gone over spy so much, and we now have a long ass episode. Uh, yeah. so we've gonna... only done that like eighty percent of the time. It's fine. Yes, we have. <laughs> I get that, but I'm also trying to maintain it roughly around an hour and a half. I'll let it go to forty at most, but I'm trying to keep it at an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, so, come back, and we will be in a discussion of just de of just destiny in general. You know how we how we started. I mean, like we've talked about how we started, but we've not really talked about how we started. You know. Yeah, that's um, that's a whole that's, that's a whole that's story. a whole thing. Uh, 
there's just... there's at least a 10 or 20 minute explanation of what I did to prepare even so yeah there's about a three <laughs> no, I, there's about a five minute explanation of yeah. me suffering so I I remember uh, <laughs> when it came out like I went out I bought the Xbox one I I I took days off stop it. work stop it. Bought... stop it stop it stop it <laughs> it was, stop it it was a whole it. ordeal we will get to that on Wednesday when we record it, and it'll be posted that night, uh, maybe Thursday morning. Uh, but as always, uh, well, as always from now on, really, this is where's my controller. You can send us questions, messages, comments, concerns. The obligatory reasoning of why humanity is the way it is, uh, whatever, to the to our Twitter uh, at my underscore controller. Um, you can follow us there. If we get a follower, I'll finally start posting stuff in it. Um, if you have suggestions, send them to us. Seriously, send us your suggestions. Send us your questions. If you have a question of why one franchise is different than another one, even though they're based off the same stuff. We'll mm -hmm. try to discuss it and figure out why. Um, or if you have, like, a question of, like, hey, I'm just now getting into this, what would you recommend? I mean, we could probably give you some good recommendations on stuff, I feel like. Between me and him, we pretty much have all genres covered. Well, most. Right, yeah. I mean, like, you're big into fantasy and a lot of stuff uh, that is like that. I'm big into sci-fi, and we both play a lot of shooters. Mm -hmm. I also deal with a lot of racing games and flying games. You deal with a lot of... And I also deal with puzzle. You deal with a lot of top-down RPGs and uh, fantasy siphoning spiritual bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, honestly don't know what else to say. But, you know, send us these things. Because if we can help you try to you know either expand on what you like or you know like you're new to it but you're not sure what to try and for some reason you're coming to us to figure out what video gaming is mm -hmm. i think one person that listens to this might know who it is that i'm talking about yeah you i'm talking about you uh talking about you you know. But they're also trying to understand it more, and so they're like trying to get a feel of how everything is. It's like, yes, you know, if you have a question, send it, please. Mm -hmm. Love to hear them. Read them. Whatever. So, uh, that's gonna end it for us for today. Say goodbye, Jordan. Goodbye, Jordan. I hate you.